0: This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com.
1: Well, let me just read you a couple of passages as we get started here.
0: We're continuing on with
1: the source, right? The source, yes, we are. It says here in Psalms 119, verse 114, It says, you are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. And then Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: You know now, in this world that we're living, everyone needs hope. It's something that You're so right. many people are lacking, and they have failed to realize that God is the source of hope. He's he the is. only source of hope. And it, so
1: many people are hopeless. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. Well, he goes on to say in Second Corinthians chapter twelve nine, each time he said, "My grace." is all you need. My power works best in weakness. You qualify? Yes. yes. My power works best in weakness. You know, he is my source. <laughs> so now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. And he is the source of our power. God, he is. He says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, And God will generously, he will liberally, you know, big-heartedly, open-handedly provide all you need. What does it mean when it says he'll provide all? 100%. He'll provide 100% of what you need. And God will generously provide all you need because he is our source. And then you will always, what percent is that? A hundred percent. And you will always have everything. What's that? One hundred percent. You will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You know, so God is generous with us so we can be generous with other people. That's just the way it, 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 it plays out. As the scriptures say, They share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides. Because he is our source. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way he will provide an increase and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity. That's he's amazing, awesome. isn't it? It's a, it is. It's, just, it's almost too good to be true, but it is true.
0: So in his generosity, he provides for our needs. And then he calls us to be like him in generosity so that we would share with others out of the abundance that he's given to us. And then God, it says here that he will increase your resources. God is our source and he will increase your resources and says, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So it just continues to go on and on and on, you know, and, and if you ever feel like you're lacking and that you need an increase in your resources, the best thing for you to do is to be generous. Is to give to somebody else. Is to meet someone else's need. Because you will reap what you sow. And if you sow generosity, you're going to reap generosity. God will always be generous and provide what you need.
1: And, and that's in everything. It is. Sometimes you, you, you may need some generous words spoken to you. Encouragement. And, and we need to give generous words to other people. We do. You know, whatever it is. Hmm. He goes, he picks back up here in uh, verse 11. He says, "Yes, you will be enriched in every way 100%." In every way, every way. "Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always
0: 100% of the time
1: be generous." Be generous. You will be enriched so you can always 100% of the time be generous with your words, whatever it is that people genuinely have need of. Be like Him. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Because you know, He is our source. He is. And people will thank God for, for the job. They'll thank God for whatever it is that he has provided for them because ultimately he is the one who provides. And he's really all we really ever need. The almighty God himself.
0: The next verse we're going to share is talking about the church at Philippi and how they met Paul's needs. And now God would meet their needs. It shows that God was generous to the church in Philippi. And then they, in turn, were generous to Paul. And because of their generosity Paul, to Paul, Paul was saying that God would generously supply all their needs. It's just this complete, ongoing cycle of generosity and being like God.
1: Absolutely. And then Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And this same God, who takes care of me, now Paul was talking And this same God who takes care of me will supply all, 100%, 100%, all your needs. He's the source of everything. And it says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Uh, Are you in Christ Jesus Yes. Yes. Are you in Christ Jesus? Yes. Let's just check and make sure. It's okay to ask, you know, because being in Christ Jesus changes our life 100%. In Christ and in the will of God, the entire universe works for us. This is the providence of Almighty God. It genuinely is. And here in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know... That God causes everything... Mm -hmm. Everything, 100%. That's what it is. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Now, Senator Max Cleland lost both legs and a right hand in Vietnam and he dreamed for 30 years of jumping on the grenade that he accidentally dropped. His friends prayed the Lord would heal his memory. The History Channel broadcasts the story and a man from Annapolis called in and said, "'Senator, you have the story wrong.' And he did, but he didn't know it. A young recruit dropped that grenade and you leaped on it and you saved us all. <laughs> and I wrapped you up and I got you to the hospital. Senator Matt. Could often be heard after that day saying, things don't just work out. God works out things because he finally knew the truth. Mm-hmm. And he had been hurt all that time by believing <laughs> a lie. He didn't know what had really happened, you know? But he said, God works out things. He genuinely does.
0: When we are outside of the will of God, Everything works against us. When we're inside the will of God, God is working everything together for us. You're right. Providence, or God being our source, means forethought, foresight, making preparation before needed. God cares, and He considers our needs in advance. He supplies all provisions and all guidance that we need. And just like America was here before Christopher Columbus even ever came here, heaven and the way to get there has been provided for us before we need it. It's already there. It's already provided.
1: Absolutely. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Not even one little thing. God tells us in his word, don't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Because worrying ain't going to help us at all. No. So don't exert all kinds of energy worrying about anything. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. One hundred percent. Pray about everything that's going on. Tell God what you need and thank him for all. Hundred percent for all that he has done. Oh, that's some really, really good advice here. I'm going to read it again. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you need and then thank Him for all He has done. Thank Him. Be quick to thank Him for all that He has done. In uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, In everything, 100%. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. For you to thank Him. in everything that happens in your life, thank Him, for this is the will of God. That's what He tells us. 1
0: Peter chapter 1, verse 18 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. That's pretty... Pretty significant there. Adam and Eve were our ancestors, and they, were. and they sinned. And sin was passed down from generation to generation to generation. And what was also passed down from generation to generation was an empty life. What right. an inheritance. You know, we, we want to put a stop to that kind of inheritance. We want to pass on to our children a full life, a fulfilled life, a purposeful life. And it says here, how, how does that happen? Because God paid a ransom to save us from that empty life. The ransom he paid was not mere gold
1: or silver. That's right. He goes on in verse 19, he says, He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ. That's right. He paid for you with the precious life blood of Christ the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him for this purpose long before the world began. But now, in these final days, he was sent to the earth for all to see. And he did this for you. You know, paid the ransom for you. Yes. He paid the ransom for you. If a person accepts it or hasn't ever accepted it yet, he's already paid mm-hmm. the ransom. He's already paid the price for you. That's just the way it is.
0: He is the source of our salvation. You know, there was a young boy who loved sailboats, and he loved to build them. He loved to build model sailboats. So he built a red sailboat, and he absolutely loved this sailboat. And he sailed it on a lake in his town. And he would go out and he would enjoy sailing that sailboat and it would fill, the little sails would fill with the wind and go across the lake. But he had a string attached to it so when he was done he could pull it back in. Well one day the string broke and that little sailboat just took off to the other side of the lake. And he went and he tried to find it but he could never find that sailboat. Well, a while later, he was walking in their town, and he went by the toy store, and sure enough, there in the window was his beloved red sailboat, and he went in, and he talked to the owner, and he said, that's my sailboat. I built that boat. Can I have it? And the owner said, no. Someone else found that boat and brought it in, and I bought it, and if you want that sailboat back, you're going to have to pay the price. And so the little boy went away and he saved his money and he saved until he was able to go to that toy store and buy back his sailboat. It was like a ransom, okay? And when he did, he hugged that little red sailboat and he said, I made you, but I lost you. And now I've bought you back. That makes you twice mine. Once when I made you, then you were lost and now I bought you back. That makes you twice mine, and twice mine is forever. And how like that little red sailboat we are. God created us, but we were lost in sinful ways. And he paid a ransom. He bought us back through the precious lifeblood of Christ. He bought us back so that we could be his. He created us. And in Isaiah 53, verse 6, it says, all of us have strayed away, just like that sailboat. All of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's path to follow our own path. Yet the Lord laid on Him, on Jesus Christ, the guilt and the sins of us all. Jesus paid for our lost condition. He paid the ransom to buy us back. We're twice His.
1: In in Psalms 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have Everything. What does that mean? 100%. 100%. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything. 100%. I have everything I need. You know, who is your shepherd? Think about it for just a moment. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And God fights off all the wild beasts. He's the one who has a rod and the staff, and he fights off the critters that would try to come against us. Verse 5, it says, You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Not just a guest for a day, but to abide with him forever. That's what he's talking about.
0: Every verse of that psalm talk about God being our source.
1: He is our source. He is our source. Absolutely.
0: There was a little boy who was desperately ill. His parents recognized that he probably soon would die. They sent for the local pastor, and he came at night to visit the child who was semi-conscious. He was unable to speak and apparently never spoke in any acknowledgement of the pastor's presence. The pastor was alone in the child's upstairs room and left late at night. He returned early the next morning after the boy had died. He did his best to console the parents. He prayed with them. He grieved with them. Later, the parents asked the pastor if he had any explanation for something that had happened they told the pastor that in the hours before their son died and at the time of his death, he was holding the ring finger of one hand with his other hand. And he died in that position. It was then the pastor explained that he what he had said that night in the child's room. He had wanted to explain to that child on the edge of eternity not only the importance of being a Christian, but in a child's language, to how to become one. He said he had taken their son's hand and first held his thumb and said, Thee. Because we're talking about one of a kind here, the. And then he held the next finger and said, Lord. So one of a kind, Lord, the Lord. And for the next finger, he said, God is right here. The, the Lord is. And then he held his ring finger. And he said, my. And my meant a personal commitment, a personal relationship. And then for the last finger, he said, shepherd. How Jesus loves and cares and died for each one of us as our shepherd. So the Lord is my shepherd. So while he had not spoken, the, Lord, the child had heard. And before he died... He put his hand around the finger to say, the Lord is my shepherd. He made that personal commitment. He was assured of his salvation just through that simple gesture.
1: Psalms 34 verse 7. It says, For the angel of the Lord guards all who fear him and he rescues them. Taste and see that the Lord is good Oh, the joys of those who trust in him. Let the Lord's people show him reverence. That's talking about respect and awe and admiration and worship. For those who honor him will have 100%, will have all that they need. Those who honor God will have all that they need. Verse 10 says, even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. You know, the king of beast he he may starve but the Lord provides for his own children but those he says even strong young lions sometimes go hungry but those who trust in the Lord will never lack any good thing that's a promise that God makes for us Mm -hmm. he says here will never lack but those who trust in the Lord will never lack any good thing Come my children and listen to me and I will teach you to fear the Lord. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 15 it says when the servant of the Lord when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and he went outside there were troops and horses and chariots everywhere. that, that was the enemy, right? That was the enemy and he was scared about all that. Oh Lord, Oh, my Lord, what will we do? He cried out to Elisha. And Elisha, he said, don't be afraid. Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. That must have been confusing for that servant. The servant could only see the bad guys. Anyhow, Elisha said, hey, there's a whole lot more with us than with them. And verse 17 says, and then Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes. And let him see. And the Lord opened his servant's eyes, and when he opened, when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. This is the good guys who are there protecting them. Psalms thirty-seven, verse three, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. In spite of the presence of evil. And evil people, he says, trust in the Lord and you and I. Do good and then you will live safely in the land and prosper. He is our source. And God's going to take care of us. First, 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Take delight in him and he's going to give you your heart's desire.
0: In, to grant all the cravings of a renewed and sanctified soul. Don't think it's like delighting in him enables you to then enjoy something that you really like that would somehow exclude God. When he says delight yourself in him and he'll give you the, your heart's desire. He has a way of changing our heart's desire. That our desire is only for him and for the things that are good for us. And that right. we can delight in him in the midst of everything else that we experience.
1: Delighting in Him is like when I delighted in Susan. You know, in the days of our courtship, wanting to be with her, near her, to see her, to hear her, I would write, I would call. And you know, when we called, I've run out of things to say. And so would I. And we would just, hundreds of miles between us, we would just listen to each other, listen to each other, listen. And that's what we would do. And it cost you
0: too, because he was on a it pay phone. It wasn't free,
1: we didn't have these kind of phones, you know, you pay one time. He was a on pay phone. Oh. and so I would call and I'd listen to her, and listen. And I wore her cross, she had a wooden cross, and she wore mine, I had a, a wooden cross. I had a great big old wooden cross that she had given to me and uh, it was a big one, and we would pray together, you know, every morning, miles apart, because we didn't have to be on the phone. But she knew when I was praying, and I knew when she was praying. We would pray together every morning in those early days. And as I delighted in her, she she truly has given me the desires of my heart: intimacy, children, the happiest years of my life. But the desire of my heart always includes her. To see thee more clearly. To love thee more dearly. To follow thee more nearly day by day. You ever heard that song? Mm -hmm.
0: That's our heart's desire for God.
1: Yes, that is our heart's desire for God. That truly, genuinely is.
0: Psalm 43 verse 4 says... There I will go to the altar of God, to God the source of all my joy. God is the source of 100% of our joy. That's right. I will praise you with my heart, (coughs) O God, my God.
1: He says, I will praise thee with my heart. Now, I don't really play a harp too well, (laughs) so I praise him with my guitar. That's about the same as saying I'll praise him with my heart. Oh, God, my God. In Psalms 37, verse 5, it says, Commit. That's talking about to hand over, to to give, to entrust. Commit everything. That's 100%. Mm -hmm. When you commit everything that you have, that's 100% of what you have. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. That's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Psalms 55 verse 22 says, Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says, Give all, it's 100% again, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. And then Proverbs 16:3 he says, Commit, and that commit is all about give, give this over. Give your work to the Lord, and then your plans will succeed. Give your work, whatever your work is, whatever you do, give your work to the Lord, and then your plans will succeed.
0: Psalm 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is our light and protector. He gives us grace and glory. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right. He won't withhold anything if we're doing what is right.
1: Are you are you are you doing what's right? <clears throat> it's a simple question. Yeah. Because He tells us, "No good thing will He withhold from those who do what is right."
0: Verse twelve says, "O Lord Almighty, happy are those who trust in
1: You." And a key experiencing God's provisions is to believe Mm -hmm. do you believe him yes do you believe every word in this book Mm -hmm. you know I do I genuinely do I believe everything that it says and God has proven it over and over and over and over again in Mark chapter 9 verse 23 it says what do you mean, if I can? This is Jesus talking, because mm-hmm. someone was saying, well, Lord, help me if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything. And that's talking about 100% of everything. Anything is possible if a person believes. Here's something that's really very important that we all need to grasp in our own hearts. He says, anything is possible if a person believes believes. You believe what he says. You know God's provisions is, is genuinely accessed by believing what he has said to us. John chapter 15 verse 7 it says but if you stay joined to me this is Jesus talking you, you're abiding in me. If you stay joined to me and my words remain or abide in you, you may ask any request you like, and it will be granted. That's, that's 100%. That is. It says if you're abiding in a close relationship with him, you can ask for anything that's going to be granted. That's what he says right here. And then in John chapter 16.
0: Verse 23, it says, at that time, and that's speaking of after his resurrection, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. The- wow. That's pretty amazing, huh? It really the, is. the truth is, you can go directly to the Father and ask Him.
1: Not going to a saint, but going directly to the Father,
0: and He will grant your request because you use My name," said Jesus. How about Jesus. that?
1: And you know what that's talking about? Does anybody here use a credit card? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And could could I? I'm not asking you for real, but. If I was to borrow your credit card, could I go fill up my car with gas? Mm-hmm. Well, we have been given the name of Jesus. We go to the Father in the name of Jesus. It's like using a credit card, if you would. That's what he's talking about. And he says, and he will grant your request because you use my name.
0: Verse 24, you haven't done this before. Ask using my name, says Jesus, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I have spoken these matters in parables, but the time will come when this will not be necessary, and I will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly, because you love me and believe that I came from God. How
1: about that? There was a, a beggar who stopped a lawyer on the street in a large southern city and he asked him for some change. And taking a long, hard look at the man's unshaven face, the attorney asked, don't I know you from somewhere? You should. I'm... Your former classmate, remember second floor, Old Main Hall? Why, Sam, of course I know you. Without further question, the lawyer wrote a sizable check. Here, take this and get a new start. I don't care what's happened in the past. It's the future that counts. And with that, he hurried on. Tears welled up in the man's eyes as he walked to the bank nearby. Stopping at the door, he saw through the glass the well-dressed tellers and the spotless, clean interior. And then he looked at his filthy rags. Well, they won't take this from me. They'll swear that I forged it, he muttered as he turned away. The next day, the two men met again. Why, Sam, what did you do with my check? Did you gamble it away? Did you drink it up? No, said the beggar, as he pulled the dirty check out of his pocket and told why he hadn't cashed it. Listen, friend, said the lawyer, what makes that check good is not your clothes or appearance, but my signature. Go on and cash it. Do you believe it? Mm -hmm. Do do you believe what God says? Mm -hmm. Yes. Cash it. You know, believe it. Take it to your own self and to your own heart and believe it. In uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 22, it says, And we will receive whatever we request. 100%. Because we obey Him and do the things that please Him. This is not chance, but it's obedience. We obey God. Mm -hmm. You see what God tells us to do. And he says it's ours. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us. You know, it wasn't by chance that the Red Sea opened up for Moses. And it wasn't by chance three million people were fed by manna daily. And it wasn't by chance that three million lived you know, by drinking water from the rock. And it wasn't by chance that Samson, you know, found a jawbone when he was put into a a fight. And it wasn't by chance that David was good with a slingshot. And it wasn't by chance that Daniel wasn't eaten by the lions. And it wasn't by chance that Shadrach wasn't burned by the fire. And it wasn't by chance that Jonah got swallowed up by a special fish. And it wasn't by chance that Abraham found a ram caught in a thicket and it wasn't by chance that Jesus died on the cross and God considered that payment for our sins. That wasn't by chance. None of that was mere chance. That was faith acting upon the providence of almighty God. That's right. It's not chance that good things happen to us. It's us obeying the almighty God taking his word to heart communicating with him. That's what I'm talking about.
0: God provides forgiveness. He provides heaven. He provides the streets of gold that we'll see one day. He puts our names in the Lamb's book of life. He gives us everlasting life, eternal life. This is providence. This is God being our source. It's God's forethought, God's foresight, His preparations, and His provisions. Psalm 37, verse 23 says... The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He's the source of our guidance, our direction. Yes. He delights in every detail of our lives, of their lives. He delights in every everyone. He cares 100%. about
1: everything. Everything any one of us here are doing, he's interested. He cares about the details of your life. You know, if, if God sends us on a stony path... He provides strong shoes for us to wear while we're there. And this is not mere chance. In verse 24, it says, Though they stumble, they will not fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the godly forsaken, nor seen their children begging for bread. You know, God, He is our source. And he always provides for us. And there was a a missionary who was in a foreign country, more of kind of a jungle area there, and he was trying to reach these people who lived there with the gospel. And they didn't know what iron or steel was. It was just in a jungle kind of an environment. And he was telling people how Jesus was nailed to a cross, and he hung there on a cross, and he gave up his life and all, but they couldn't really understand that. They they got some... uh, Thorns and they tried to show, but the thorns would continually break. And they they didn't understand how a man can hang upon a tree. And this man here, he prayed and he asked God how to communicate the gospel to these primitive kind of people, and what would happen once uh, uh, every month or two, the people at his home base in America would send him provisions, and in this box of provisions, there was a big can. About this big around, about this high, full of peaches. You know, and he was delighted to get some, some peaches, and he opened the can, and you wouldn't be happy about it, but he was. Inside that can was a great eight inch nail an eight inch nail. And he took that out, wiped it off, and then he was able to show these people a nail that had been driven through the hands, the, the arms of Jesus, holding him to a cross. And he was able to share the gospel with them and communicate the truth to him. And it's not chance, but choice that gets our prayers answered. It's our choice. We pray the word of God. You read it and then you pray it. And and one day, uh, there's a place in heaven that's going to be yours because you pray the word. Because you believe the word. You believe that a place has been prepared for you. That's what he's talking about.
0: Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. God tells us the right choice to make. He does.
1: Choose life.
0: That both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them.
1: You know, there was a a guy many years ago, forty. Three years ago, this coming week, please believe right around there, anyhow, we called him Big Ron. I reckon I must have been Little Ron. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but well, he came to a Bible study that we, we had, and uh, Big Ron had asked him, well, what happens to the pastor? He, he's been leaving from the Bible study kind of early. Well, he didn't know by that time, where was we living?
0: Well, when we left New Haven, we had been in New Haven for about a year and a half. You had,
1: at a church. Yeah, we had been to,
0: pastoring
1: there. Trying to restart one, but it, yeah. yeah, anyhow.
0: Um, so Ronnie had started a Bible study here in Southington with a, for, a group of, of folks that were still involved in the Catholic mm-hmm. Church that were very hungry. John and Betty were a part of it. And, uh, right. and so we, he had been doing that Bible study for at least a year and by that time, by the time we were leaving New Haven, those folks in that Bible study said, we're ready to leave the Catholic Church. If you start a church, we want to be a part of it. And so that's, we prayed about it. We felt that's what God would have us to do. But we didn't have a place to live. Never really thought of it so much, but we were pretty much homeless at that point. We stayed one night in a motel on October the 1st. Here in town we stayed and that but that was the beginning of Faith Living Church. That night three years ago. That night at the at the first official service of Faith Living Church he shared about contentment. And he just he came to me and he said, We need to be content with what we have. And right now we have a tent. So we're gonna move into our tent until God provides otherwise. So that next day Judah was a toddler, he was two years old and we moved to Kettletown State Park into our tent. This was October the second in 1980, and so as we were there in the tent, you know, we stayed a couple weeks, and it was really getting cold. And uh, Ronnie worked on a mink farm, which minks have an odor similar to a skunk. So I smelled like a skunk. (laughs) So he would come. I went to work. And then I had to do my pastoral work. Yeah, so he would come back to the campground, take a shower, and then come back to do whatever he needed to do. And Judah and I just stayed at the campground. And uh, mid-October, the ranger came by during the day, and he said, our pipes are freezing. Normally, they closed on Columbus Day. And so it was like the week following Columbus Day, he said, our pipes are starting to freeze. We have to close down the campground, so y'all have to move out. He said, but we have a primitive area, you know, that has no running water and, you know, porta-potties and all that kind of stuff. But he said, but you're welcome to stay there as long as you want to. So I was like, oh, no, you know, what are we going to do? We had no place to go. And so when Ronnie come came back that afternoon, or it was that evening, he um, And I was there with Judah, you know, and I just said, what are we going to do? And I started crying. I just said, you know, we're we're here serving God and he hasn't provided for us. What are we going to do? And I remember Ronnie just standing firm and he said, I don't care if we freeze to death. We're just going to keep loving and serving God and see what he does. You know, if we freeze to death, so be it. I'm like, okay, you know, and so he no longer got that out of his mouth. And there was somebody...
1: Knocking on the door of our tent, you
0: know? Big Ron.
1: It, it wasn't a lot of knocking. It was <laughs> flapping. You know? that was a, and that was Big Ron. And he said, hey, Pastor Ron, I asked somebody, where do you go off to? You know, right after the, 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 the meeting that we have, and somebody knew where you were at. And I don't live too far from here. And I came over here to invite you to stay at my house. And I said, we surely do appreciate You're so generous and kind. But no, nope, we're, we're fine. Right here, you know, the good Lord has provided this. And, and then he said, but I just came from a Bible study. You know, he had been to another uh, Catholic. Yeah, uh, he, he
0: was still Catholic,
1: thing, yeah. And he said, uh, there's a Mrs. Bellini in Waterbury who asked us to be praying for her. She was uh, an older lady and she needed to rent her house or a part of her house out. And I said, we'll take it. Just that simple. He made a call. We got the house. We moved in the next day.
0: With nothing. But we we
1: moved in. (laughs) With nothing. But God provided. And and, uh, just uh, a few months, we were able to get the parsonage cleaned up, squared away, and we moved into the parsonage. We were just still renting the church. Mm -hmm. And within a couple years or so, we bought the church. And the parsonage and the blue house. No, the blue no, house was a few years a later, later and the uh, garage there. But God provided everything that we needed. He genuinely did. He always it's has. It's really important to be patient with God. And to believe. And to believe with all your heart. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. That's it. Yeah, we're That's not going to go on all this other this.
0: we we forgot to tell the first service about Big Ron. So yeah,
1: we did. So y'all Saturday me, night at yeah. eleven
0: o'clock got the inside scoop.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's just kind of neat. God will always provide for you. He will. He genuinely will always provide for you. How old am I now? 68. 68 years old. Has God always provided for us? He has. He has. He we has. didn't kind of manipulate situations and try to make things happen. Almighty God has taken care of us. And he always will. He'll Mm -hmm. take care of you. That's what his promise is. Well, we would like to pray before we dismiss you. And I'd like just to pray with you right where you're at. So we just bow our heads. I'd like you to pray and just acknowledge Jesus Christ once again as your Lord and your Savior. So would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father.
0: Dear Heavenly Father.
1: I believe in Jesus. I
0: believe in Jesus.
1: I believe that he died in my place.
0: I believe that he died in my place.
1: And his shed blood. And his shed blood. Paid for all of my sins.
0: Paid for all of my sins. And
1: I believe that he has risen from the dead.
0: And I believe he's risen from the dead.
1: I trust you almighty God.
0: I trust you almighty God.
1: I love you. I love you in Jesus name.
0: In Jesus name.